Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. It's a little bit of a pre-deadline day special, um, this one. We're uh, a few days away from when the window slams shut and Everton have already done some business. Uh, and let's face it, it looks like so far very shrewd acquisitions in the shape of certainly first team recognition anyway. Morgan Schneidlin, a big, maybe uh, a marquee signing, dare I say. And Adam Ola-Luchman, who could well become some player in Royal Blue. Of course, there have been little bits and pieces around the sides, not to mention someone who came in yesterday morning and took us all by surprise from Wolfsburg. We'll speak about Donker later. But, um, Phil, so far, what do you make of Everton's business in January or how the month's gone in terms of transfers? I think given that we were all left debating and left perhaps worried um, sort of in early January from Ronald Koeman's comments about the speed at which the business was being done, to now be in a position where Luckman, who's already in the club, Schneiderlin was done a few days later. I think as it stands, we have so far had um, a positive window. I still think it could be an opportunity to bring in a couple of more bodies in key areas. But I think so far, um, it, it's been a positive and productive window. Obviously, that the whole feel of the thing helps when results combined with oh, that, massively, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, you know yeah. we can, no mistake we can't get away from that I think it's been positive and I think it's been positive because we've seen almost immediate um, an immediate reaction and immediate impact from the two signings this isn't a, a January signings where it's they'll come good in six months Schneidlin already looks a touch of class and Adamola Luckman looks like he's got to be electric so I think that has really helped and together with upturning form and performances and results I think that there's a feeling that it's been very positive as I say I still think it's important that Everton use the, the remaining four days or whatever it is now um, not you know not to, to miss another opportunity I, I think that you know form can, can change and results can change in an instant in the Premier League we, we saw how alarmingly Everton's form dipped midway through that first part of the season and you know the feeling can change very quickly so if there's an opportunity to do something now I think Everton should go for it and and really kind of there's almost an opportunity to make a bit of a statement you know if they were seen as the ones that failed in the summer because of the problems on deadline day I think this this window is actually an opportunity for Everton to go we mean business now and come the start of next season we're going to be at it from the word go Yeah, and I suppose you've as well you've got anyone they can get it's always that thing isn't it about can you get in your real target in January or mm. won't they need the clubs till the summer but if you can prize the way, away the people you really want they've got the added benefit of having four or five months to bed in then they go away and do the pre-season and by the time next season starts they're almost old timers in the squad so January business you're taking it so far and then we've got some questions from uh, listeners haven't we yeah we have um, my take on it so far is that it shows you how far we've come as a football club I spoke to a lot of fans over the last week or so and they're saying we still need one or two bodies I'm quite disappointed and you're thinking disappointed gone are the days when we're spending 30 to 40 million on the transfer transfer market in January and we're still disappointed now if you look back at the January transfer window has gone by you're looking at loans, five, ten million pound players. Now Schneider and twenty odd million, Luchman up to ten million, and the possibility of there's a loan and a couple more in. So I think that shows how oh, it's how greedy Everton fans have become. But the expectation levels have changed now under this new ownership. For me, I think we do need another striker. I think it's we, we need to support Ron if anything was to happen to him. We we've gone on about this in several transfer windows in the past, haven't we? We need a striker. We need a striker. We need a striker. 
and it, we've seen Valencia and bit part plays, but no one to step up and challenge Rom for that for that centre forward spot. You right need on, help. You, sorry, sorry, you are yeah. right on that. Just make that point because we are a Rom injury away from becoming, say, half the team or anything dramatic as that, but significantly weakened. Yeah. Not only because he's our top scorer, but it's what he offers in terms of leading the line. Well, so he would. You, if if Rom was yeah. to get suspended or injured, yeah. we we just come and go. Exactly. But you're looking at it now and you're thinking. Who the hell does he put up front? Yeah, the, the attack. He's you have to change the whole way you play. Well, because you haven't got the target. Now. Well, well, what do you have to just flood the midfield? Well, he, he hasn't got that option. He's yeah. only got Valencia, hasn't he, to come in? Kone yeah. looks as if he's on his way out. So he hundred percent needs a centre forward. I'm unsure on Funes Mori. I think there's a mistake in him every single match. I just think to me as if he's not reliable and he's just. I I, I just don't trust him, and I think we need to centre half. And if that's the case then it wouldn't be surprised me if Phil Jagielka or some other defender was even shipped out elsewhere. But so far, so good as regards to the January transfer window for me. Ronald, on that point, he has he has gone on record of saying they are looking defensively. Um, so you'd expect slash hope that that would be something that would move in the next three or four days. And obviously, the abandoned Belfordil transfer, again, is a clear indication that, that they are looking actively for a striker. Phil, funny you mentioned uh, old Ishtak. <laughs> we never got to see him uh, flogging his ways on, on, on Goodison Road. We never really did. And I don't think many Blues were too gutted not to see someone who would would have been coming on the back of a half-decent season, a stress half-decent season at uh, Standard Liège after spending the previous campaign in Abu Dhabi. Listen, he could be an absolute belter of a player and someone else will, will reap the benefit from taking the risk. But, uh, like I say, I don't think it's the end of the world, him not arriving. But what is the pursuit of him makes me think Phil and I wonder what you, you guys think as well is do Everton and does Koeman want um, basically does it, does he want a, a centre forward and a number 10 because so often Everton are linked with this guy you know this player whoever he is out there who's this elusive guy who can link up the attack support Ron and sometimes we meld this uh, ephemeral player into one a 10 and a second striker but if we get the big marquee number 10 that we need then he's not really going to be someone who's going to be happy sitting on the bench week in week out whereas if Kone goes or Kone's not even really fit for purpose you still need arguably another striker to be on that bench should yeah. an injury happen to him if you see what I mean yeah, I know there's you almost mean. an argument for those two players yeah. separately not, not in yeah. one my, my understanding of the situation and, and from speaking to Ronald and looking at how he played at Southampton is that yeah, I think I think I think there's there's two players. I think you're right. I think there's there's, there's two areas in that in that, that that part of the pitch that you need to strengthen. But I think the priority, the feeling they get is a second striker. Now, if you looked at, at the summer and the and the pursuit, ultimately the abandoned pursuit of Gabbiadini, who probably looks like he's on his way to Southampton. He's a second striker. He plays in between the lines, but he's not he's not a ten in the Martinez. Field of a ten. He's not. He's not <laughs> a David Silver. Yeah. He's a second striker. What so, type of player would you describe him as? Then Phil currently playing in the Premier League. Someone is there anyone like him? God, good question. Gabbiadini. Yeah, it's a good question. I've, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him kick a ball. I've seen him a little bit. You know, and what he is, he's good in the air. Not particularly quick. Could hold the ball up, but he's not. He's not a target man with the strength and the bulk and the power of Yulakaku. But he's maybe a little bit more neater. A little bit more. Well, that sounds a bit like Belfordil in a way. Well, that, exactly. That's, yeah. I think so. I think there's a definite um, 
sort of pursue in a definite kind of active uh, process of looking for a player of that type because also you've got to remember Ronald will play different teams and different formations for different games mm. he's not dogmatic in his 4-2-3-1 and the same 11 are playing every week I don't get who we're playing he'll change the formation he'll change the personnel so I think he wants a link striker you know another big man who again as you say so can offer competition for Rom and then if he gets injured step into him but I think there's also a sense of maybe they are looking at long term an attacking midfielder, a number ten in that in that David Silver sense, somebody who can create, um, you know, you know, almost like what did he buy at Southampton? Well, he bought like a Tadic maybe. Would we read anything between the lines of the strikers that he had at Southampton? You had the Shane Long and then he had Gattiano Pelle and Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin, yeah. So he had, two, like so he had so two big men, didn't he? Yeah, and then he had, he had Long. The pace and then, so he's got a he's got a very there. Isn't it? So would we? I'm trying to think of players who were available. Who would you? Well, there's there's a the players who are available. Who we could afford, and that can slot straight into the team right now. And there's not many you're looking at, are they? Around that, that can play as a number ten or striker. That's mm. where maybe you know Steve Walsh comes in and kind of explains the interest, as I said earlier, in a guy who was playing Abu Dhabi last season. Maybe it's there's not any obvious candidates out there to bring in. Mm. So maybe they have to uh, think left field. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder whether you know certainly. In, in the summer and certainly to a degree in this month already Ronald has bought pre- like proven Premier League Luckman aside have you played in the Premier League before yes have they cut it yes right we're interested mm. but maybe maybe you're right so in that they've ticked they've, they've kind of um, that well's gone dry a little bit and maybe they now have to start thinking outside the box and taking a few risks um, but equally that may be part of the reason why Cooman went a little cool on Belfordville, perhaps. And when I'm not totally convinced and spending 10.4 million on a player who's not really made it in any division he's played in, and certainly he's never played in in England, that might have been part of the thinking. I don't know. He, did, he didn't expand on on his uh, his reasons when we spoke to him anyway. Right, we've got a couple of um, used questions here. Well, we said on Twitter before asking for the questions on the transfer deadline. Um, quite a common theme. This one. Declan, eighteen seventy-eight, says, "Who negotiates Everton's transfers?" Oh, I mean, that's that's a pertinent question. It's also quite, I guess, it's quite a complicated one to answer because, um, from my understanding of it, and, and Phil will uh, know more than me and be able to fill us in in more detail. But it, it's it's a movable feast. It's not something which is is straightforward in every regard. You will have at any one time agents speaking to Steve Walsh. Bill Kenwright, sometimes Ronald Koeman. Now and Farhad, and Farhad Nashiri, mm-hmm. of course, will, will be involved in that process, as we've seen, and as other senior members of the club, Bill Kenwright, have alluded. He's loving the chance to get involved in running the club. That's why he bought the thing. One, yeah. that, let's face it, when you're a billionaire, what you do for fun? <laughs> yeah. So it, he's, you know, it's all new and exciting for him. So anyway, I'm diverging off the point. I think that's what I mean. It's not straightforward. Um, I think lots of different people and that can have pluses because I guess you can have accumulative experience accumulative uh, bargaining powers and accumulative import in terms of brains and from my point of view also it can have minuses as in the old adage about too many cooks yeah. I think one of my, one of the things I've, I've sort of hoped for in this window was that Everton were a bit more streamlined and there was a more of a cohesive this is who you come to to speak about transfers this is how you contact, you know, 
I'm concerned that if too many people are getting involved, ultimately it could have a negative impact because the market, you've got to move quickly. We've seen that in the transfer market. And, you know, like I say, it's difficult to say whether it's a good or a bad thing that Everton haven't got that structure arguably in place at the moment. But Phil, what do you think? I, I think in a very kind of crude and very simplistic terms, I think, you know, the process would be something along the lines of Ronald went right, I need a right back, hypothetically, he doesn't need a right back, by the way. Um, speaks to Steve, or oh, Steve, go and find me five right backs, let's talk about them. Steve comes back, he spoke to his scouts, draws up a list, they talk about it. They have to. They both agree on a target, maybe, or if they don't, they move on. They then take it to the board. Farhad says, yeah, I'll give you the 50 million quiz. Um, and then they start negotiating, and I think Bill is... I, mean, I know he's still heavily involved in negotiating. You know, he, he, he's um, he's gathered himself a reputation as a as a tough negotiator. knows knows people in the Premier League boardrooms up and down the country. Um, so I think Farhad really values that um, that relationship. That yeah, don't forget as well. He will value that Phil because he's new to it. Well, this is what I mean. He is, and I think he, you know, he's very much they're very much working in tandem, aren't they? I think Farhad he's he's, he's feeling his way into. Being a main player at a Premier League football club, look, he's he's a, he's a he's a businessman and a very successful one. But football negotiations is a completely different sphere, isn't it? And um, I think he values Bill's input, and Bill is heavily involved. Certainly was on deadline day in the summer. You know, I think he was leading the Sissoko stuff, trying to get that one done. And uh, I think he'll continue to do so. Are we reading anything between the lines of the the Schneider deal? How it's changed transfer negotiations in the past. For me, it still looks as though there's one or two members that were still trying to penny pinch on signings. Now we shouldn't. That shouldn't be the case for me because we've got we've got a few quid. So why is the why we rumours were that we were unwilling to spend one or two million on the Schneider deal? Are we still seeing the old impetus on what's happening with Everton transfers? It's a, di- it's a difficult one, isn't it? Look, on one, I know people might say, O'Keefe sounds like he's got splinters up his backside mm. on this, but I genuinely can see. On one hand, you don't want to you don't want to be out there being considered as mugs of the market. As Everton will pay anything, Everton will pay way over the going price. You'll you get them over the barrel. They've got some new money. A few people at the top don't really know what they're doing. Let's have them off. That's not going to be good for the club in any capacity. You know, especially when you're talking about not just the transfer fee, but wages, agents deals. There's nothing wrong with being savvy, and Everton have, have through necessity garnered the reputation over the last decade or more of being really shrewd negotiators, being having to penny pinch, uh, having to get the best and squeeze value out of deals. Somewhere in the middle of those two approaches of having boundless cash like a Man City and being as we had to be, as you rightly say, penny pinching, somewhere in the middle or maybe towards the, the, towards the, the big spending side mm. is the right mix. And Everton have got to try and get that. And I guess at the moment... Maybe Bill Kenwright still and his part in negotiations, and I'm just guessing because I don't have a direct line to Bill Kenwright and I don't speak to him, so I don't know. But I'm guessing that maybe he still brings a little bit of that financial sort of puritanical realism. I don't want to spend money for the sake of it. I don't want us to be kind of made mugs of. I mean, perhaps you know, going off off the little, you know, the dynamics that we witnessed at the general meeting between Farhad and Bill, and maybe you know, Bill spoke quite openly about Farhad sitting in front of the, of the TV going I'll buy him I'll mm. buy him and buy him but maybe Billy saying maybe just reining him in a little bit trying to say well look yeah we, we can go and target these guys but don't just go and meet the asking price we, you know, we'll get them or we'll get them eventually or we'll get be- we'll get more value for your money you yeah. know 
you know, as I say, Fahad's a, a smart guy, isn't he? So he's not going to be had off. But maybe, as I say, football's a different sphere, and it's um, you know, you, you know, Everton do not want to be uh, to be had off. This it? is just a point from me. I, I think. Do you think results over the last two or three weeks have papered over the cracks in the need for a striker and etc. A goalkeeper, or if Everton were to have not won a game in the last yeah, three or four yeah. weeks. X, Y, and Z. Would we have signed one or two players? I think results have a massive impact on every function of a football club, from how the groundsman going in every morning on a Monday morning feels about going into the place to the very top. Results are the lifeblood, are the beating heart of a football club. When you're winning, everyone's happy, everyone's up. When you're losing, there's few worse places than you want to be. I don't. Ronald Koeman doesn't strike me as the sort of person that would be affected in that respect, though. Hmm. Very focused has a plan you know he, he's he's seasoned and experienced enough to know that Everton could go and lose the next three league games and they still they're still, or they could go and win win every game between now and the end of the season but still need so which strategy hasn't changed no, in the January transfer no, window just because we've beaten Southampton Palace and, and City yeah. it, it can't have changed um, but what I think maybe has changed is we spoke about then about you know Everton's um, approach to the window and how much they're willing to spend maybe Ronald Koeman's public outburst if you like about the speed at which they were doing deals perhaps maybe has offered the hierarchy a degree of reflection and maybe they've gone well maybe Ronald's got a point maybe we need to just maybe you know again we don't want to be the mugs of the market but maybe we just need to go in and get things done now because you know Farhad spoke about a window of opportunity didn't he now I know Ronald has, has been very kind of um, sort of pragmatic and said look if we can't get the players we want in in January we'll wait until the summer wise very wise counsel but then on the flip side it's like well if there's an opportunity let's not hesitate I don't think you can underestimate the importance by the way of if it was to sake of two or three million more have a Morgan Schneiderlin in through the door before the City game and by the time it comes to Stoke on Wednesday probably match fit you'd hope integrated knows his teammates and yeah. he's probably had half a dozen training sessions mm. I think that's almost worth could be worth two million because don't forget if Everton mm. finished sixth or higher okay yeah. I suppose that was Monday's podcast yeah. that could well pay you back I suppose the thing I think Gav mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks ago I, I think he'd forgive me if he didn't and I'm putting words in his mouth but he said but if that was the strategy for every transfer you suddenly spent 15 or 20 million more than you should have done yeah. That's the, yeah that's the difficulty of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. but if he hasn't changed the strategy on the incomings mm. then as he looked at his current personnel that he's got and thinking he saved me a few quid in like Sir Tom Davis Kevin Rales the way their forms come into play has one of them two players you, maybe changed his mind I'll tell you one player who definitely has saved him a few Bob and that's Mason Holgate yeah Ronald was inches away from getting Cuco Martina oh, he yeah. travelled to Finch Farm I think he'd yeah. undergone a medical um, and then it fell down so Lampton got an injury to Cedric I think and they stalled and then it just never happened and then Mason Holgate emerged and Ronald went actually he can play right back for me or right side of the yeah. three nah I don't need a right back now so that, there's an example and absolutely I would say Tom probably has um, you know he, he held very deep discussions with David Unsworth and, and, and Big Dunk and Joe Royal when he arrived and was asking about these players so he knew about them but I think Tom's emergence um, it's probably made him think well I don't need to necessarily go out and buy another holding midfielder if you like you've got that midfield now when, when Idrissa gets back you've got some serious power in there yeah I think we've just been talking about players who were coming into form then and maybe saving Everton a couple of bob 
brings us straight on to this question that comes from Joe Everton. And he says, do we address the goalkeeper position now with agency or wait until the summer and maybe snap up a big name like Fraser Forster? Well, again, that was my understanding and the, and, and the information I was given and wrote a piece at the start. Well, before the window had opened, a goalkeeper was a three-man shortlist of goalkeepers. Now, we heard nothing on that. Now, something might move, but it doesn't. at the minute, it doesn't sound like there's going to be pressing ahead with that. And that could be for a couple of reasons. That could be for the clubs and the players they're looking to buy can't move until the summer, mm-hmm. which is very plausible and, and, and quite realistic. But equally... Joel's never played better for Everton. Now I've been, I've had my doubts over Joel. I, you know, we all have. Yeah, and I think he still needs to do it over a consistent level. But his performances will probably have, have, have comforted Ronald in the sense that he doesn't need to panic, doesn't need to go and buy somebody at a price or of a quality just because he's available this month that perhaps he wouldn't be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe he's given them some. I mean, the, the, the this kind of cruel irony of it. He may not. Have a long-term future, Joel. I don't know. I, you know, Ronald has been impressed, but hasn't said anything more than that. He may not have a long-term future, but what he has done, he's, he's given Everton time, breathing space, to go and find somebody who might be the long-term goalkeeper. Yeah. This is quite a common theme from Everton Mona and Jay Hipster, Darren Gibson. Discuss. Um, sorry, Greg. Um, my latest information is that he's not going anywhere in January. Again, deadline day is, is a crazy day and things, the domino effect of yeah. things happening. Clubs panic, they go, look, I need somebody. The problem is with Darren, he hasn't played. Now, he, pl- he had a little spell with the 23s, he's training with the first team all the time. But if you're a, if you're a, a club looking for an experienced central midfielder, on paper, Darren would tick a lot of boxes for you, lower end of the Premier League, high end championship, mm. without a doubt. But he's not played. So, how long is it going to take him to get up to, to match fitness at first team level? And you know, the teams that are looking to get a player like Darren on loan, for example, are they in a position where they can afford to bring somebody in? I just and look. Wait. Sorry, Greg. I just look at the, the likes of Hull, the players that they're buying, mm. Nias, Markovic. Surely, to God, Darren Gibson is more of an outlet well, than what them not, two. Are. He's not played though, has he? So, if mm. you're Marco Silva or another manager, as Nias. Well, I know twenty threes. Yeah, he's played yeah, quite a few. Yeah. We said this in the summer, and you know, we we were up and down, and and we sort of knocked around the why the decision might be made. But I said then, and I'll say it again: I don't think it was a good decision to give him a deal. I don't think he deserved a deal. Um, I can't see the logic in it, and you know, I you know, I can understand the point of view at the time about giving him a contract, but I just think it was a bad decision. You know, what in his record? Gave them any any suggestion that he would be able to stay fit, focused, and be playing in the meantime, even with the twenty threes. And with the best will in the world, Darren, when fit, has got a lot of qualities. You know, he's a really experienced player, playing Champions League semi-finals. You know, I, I there, was, there were games very rarely because he didn't get much of a, an opportunity last season where he would help come on and, con- and, and control the tempo of a game. So you know, we've got to put that into context. But equally, at Everton now, he does not fit the profile. Yeah. You wouldn't think anyway. No, he does not fit the profile of what Koeman is looking for. Um, now, whether Darren thinks he can be the heir to the Gareth Barry throne, you know, obviously we, we, we've written extensively about Ronald's interest in Thomas Delaney, and that's not going to happen this month. Um, but I don't know. I, I find it very difficult at this stage to see how how he gets into the into his plans in any way. Alex Glover writes, unlikely at this stage of a new goalkeeper, centre half and forwards all coming in. Which position would you prioritise in, and who would you get if that was the case? So Greg, pick a position. Everton 
one position Everton need to prioritise in and who's the player would you like to see? I'll go first, me personally. I think we need that number 10 stroke striker. Yeah. I think it, it's clear and obvious. Obviously, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. But I think Wayne Rooney's a no-brainer. In January? Yeah. You think he'd move? Definitely. I think he's he, spoke, he, he spoke to records. He said though, hasn't he? He's you know, not looking at moving on. Well. It, listen, if Everton throw a deal at him on loan till the end of the season, surely to God... He thinks, what? How many minutes am I getting at Manchester United lately? He's got he's got all these centre forwards ahead of him: Rashford, Martial, Ibrahimovic, Mata, Mkhitaryan, Pogba. All these players are getting this game ahead of him. He's coming on off the bench. He's not going to be happy at his age. He's broke the record. If Everton want to be ambitious and make it known to the front and back pages of the, these papers now, what they mean business, there's your chance. It's it's staring you in the face. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it puts Everton on the front of back pages, as I just said, on and off the pitch. It's massive cue for Everton. Show the colour of the money, and I think that's one for me that they have to me. Mine would be, although I, I, the information I get is that they wouldn't sell, uh, I'd go and get Gilfie Sigurdsson. Mm. I think he ticks every box in that area. Proven Premier League, international class. Koeman loves him. He's gone on record as saying yeah. that. Every time Everton plays Swansea, Koeman unprompted talks about Sigurdsson. Yeah. He just... He just He's a massive admirer of the player. I think he look. He's at, he's at the prime of his career. Yes, you have to pay top whack for him. You're only maybe going to get three seasons of, of prime play out of him. But bring him in. He for me is is the perfect link. Look at the way he can play with Lorente, you know, and that's in the kind of Ron mould. I just think he ticks everything that you that Everton need as a second striker. Not, not sure he's in it. Well, <laughs> he's second on the list. <laughs> what about you, Greg? We've had our go- we've had our goal. I, I don't know. I'm, listen, I would say exactly with you in terms of positions, but who, who that player is, I don't know. And realistically, that's you know, that's probably why Steve Walsh is getting paid whatever he is to come in and do that. I, the two of you have beat me to the punch really, and certainly in Sigurdsson, I would have said he would be a brilliant signing. Rooney, um, I can see where you're coming from but I can also see why you know a lot of people would disagree with the merits of getting Rooney on loan then again if he came on loan you're not committing to a massive contract but why would he leave on loan mm. well, basically Man United must be absolutely desperate to get him off the wage bill at the moment they've got to play I don't know you of know course, don't, think, don't forget how many shirts he sells that yeah club. but don't forget top, of, you, top of the Deloitte yeah, right. rich list by yeah. the way and I'm he's still the most popular right. selling shirt yeah so if he's top of the rich list and everything off the pitch on the pitch Surely to God, he's thinking, we're playing a player here, 10 minutes a game, sometimes not even getting a game. Well, he won the game for and, him, yeah, he, he, he's got He's got 300 grand a week, mm. so he's costing them six hundred and twenty. Um, he's costing them, what, 1.2 million every month. So from now till the end of the season, he's going to cost them about 5 million quid. And you telling me, we've got the Man United have got a player, they're not using, well, it looks safe as the requirements, they're not, they're not using at all, the odd 10 minutes, he's going to cost them 5 million I'm wages. Sure. Is, is so I'm not sure they worry about that, because if he comes on yeah. and scores the winner is that in the FA Cup semi-final and gets him to Wembley, or if he get, wins him a trophy at the end of next month, is, or if he's the crucial yeah. difference in them getting back into the top four, I don't think they care. He's not getting a game though, is that, not, is that not the luxury of a massive football club? True, true, but when does Wayne Rooney look at it? Come maybe end of February, well, that's, that's a, maybe February and March. I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I'm not getting a game at yeah, all. Well, got all famous. these young kids playing ahead of me. I should have moved yeah. to Everton yeah, to get a game. That's, that's he's him. broke the record. What more has he got to achieve? That's, there? that's for him to force the issue. But I don't think United, certainly in January, the remaining days, will be looking to get rid. I just think what an option for Mourinho that is. 
off, you know, if he doesn't think he's good enough to start on this or wants to play a different way, but he needs somebody to come and control the game in the last 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. Wayne Rooney off the bench, I mean, come on, it's yeah. unbelievable. Another one from TC1983. Outgoings, he's named a few, that could be possible. Oviedo, Pennington, Gibson, McCarthy, Jags, Lennon, Coney, Rodriguez, McElhaney. Thoughts on any of them going up the window? When you look at that list there, you're thinking there's, some, there's a bit of dead wood there. <laughs> list again, yeah. well, let's start there. Oviedo, well, Phil wrote a story on the website this morning that Koeman doesn't isn't willing to let him leave this month. Um, understandably, wants him as cover until the end of the season for Baines, at least. Pennington, um, so he's just come back from injury, hasn't he? They've discussed the possibility of loan, but I think I, I don't. I understand there's no immediate appetite, but if if the right loan, if the right club came up and they went, that's actually a good opportunity for him. <coughs> they would Excuse listen. Me. Yeah. Ty Browning is in the same Phil? I think he's in the same boat. They're going to leave that one late. Ty's come back from a serious knee injury. He's been playing for the 23 since November, pretty much every week. Again, they're leaving it late. They play Man United on Monday. It's a big game for them, so I think they're going to they're going to make a late decision on yeah. that one. Dan and Gibson, I think, is look like sitting to my right is probably more match fit than him. <laughs> and that says a lot. James McCarthy, that's an interesting one, it's all because McCarthy, you know, is someone who we've seen how effective he still can be. He came in for, against Arsenal. He came in and unfortunately went off against Liverpool. But we've seen what he's got to offer now. Yet links persist, probably understandably. With clubs interested in him, I well, Phil Phil speaks to Cumin every week. I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, do you think that should be Evans' position? Keep hold him till the summer. You've got to keep hold him till the summer. If you're looking at you're looking at Mo Bessie, just coming back into, into fitness now, wasn't he? So where do you look? You've got a just a guy, Morgan Schneider, and Gareth Barry, Tom Davis, and now you've just named. Um, I just for me, you've got to keep hold of James McCarthy. I, I think he sets the tone in big matches. He really does. You've seen in the Merseyside derby and etc. If don't forget, centre midfield, you're going to get a lot of suspensions and a lot of injuries, mm. and especially the type of play that Everton force under Cumin. You need about four to five really first team players in the squad, and I think Spotter. I think James McCarthy for me, he, he needs to be in that five that we've got, yeah. the likes of Davis, Schneider, and Guy, and I think um, James McCarthy's got to be definitely in that mould. We've mentioned Jags, but Phil is one. Aaron Lennon. What's the future hold for Lennon this month? And you know, I think the noise is coming out of the club and the feeling I get is that Ronald has appreciated his attitude and his work rate and knows that if he calls upon him he'll work his socks off he'll do the job now is he, does he start does he justify starting the team no does Adamola Luckman look like he's ahead of him yes but because we've lost De La Feu, I don't think Ronald would be overly keen on losing another winger for the time yeah. being um, look is Aaron, does he really have the appetite at this stage in his career, having gone through the, the loan rigmarole with Everton in the first place? Is he really pushing for a loan or is he saying, look, I'll stick it out for the next few months, try and, I've been in, out, in and out the team, it's a, new, it's a new manager, I still think I can, I can show him what I've got. Again, proven Premier League, knows he won't be let down by Lennon. Look, he won't necessarily pull up any trees at the minute, he hasn't shown that this season. But he knows he won't let him down, does he? And I think, I think Ronald isn't. He, he, look, he's looking to wield the axe on quite a significant chunk of this squad. But it would be very stupid of him to just be in a fit of petulance or rage. Just go, you can go, you can go, you can go. And then, then gets to like March and there's, there's injuries and going, oh, I should have let, I should have kept Lennon. I'm looking at it from Adam Lennon's perspective, and you're thinking, I've been getting my game on to Cumin. 
and tell if you get sold so you're thinking I've got even more chance of getting Absolutely. a game now the next minute Morales is starting she's thinking I'm still on the bench here and they signed a kid from League 2 yeah, League and he's coming on and getting the game ahead of him so he's thinking hang on we've sold one I don't mind one player playing ahead of me but now a kid from League 2 is getting this game ahead of me so what does that leave does that leave Lennon situating I, I, I'm going to have to knock on, the, knock on the manager's door here and ask for the move because it looks to me as if he's just going to be on the bench full stop now well yeah there's nothing at the, in the immediate last few games or anything or any performances of late that have suggested suggested that that would be wrong so I could totally see but I don't think do you really want to rush into a decision of going out on loan in January with a few, few days to go rather than just right I'll wait to this to the summit we'll have a proper chat I'll use pre-season if I'm still getting the same vibes right then we'll then I'll seriously think about it you know Lennon from what I can gather is really really popular member of the squad really well liked and as I say I think Koeman looks at him as somebody that if needed he knows he can rely on him Interesting. Um, Aruna Kone. Well, we touched on Aruna, haven't we? My Aruna. I just, I mean, when he came on against, oh, uh, what, who was it? A home, Leicester. Leicester in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. And I, I've got a shred, and a, a stress, a shred, a li- lingering shred of sympathy for him because. What, what's that guy? Well, just hear me out. I mean, to be. Some players just require games for confidence, don't they? It just has to, it goes hand in hand. The more they play, the more the self-belief comes. And he's been kicking his heels. Now, it's his own fault that he's been kicking his heels. And he was a stupid sign in the first place. But we don't. let's not go back into those dark, yeah. relatively We've dark been days. Um, yeah, why, why did I say I had any sympathy for him? Get rid of him. He's on a wage. Where he's just he's stealing a living, basically. He was, you know, he's finished. I think he's got nothing left to offer. I just felt so. He looked so bereft of anything against Leicester. That there was a degree simply there. Well, I think I think that's that's part of the problem. Saying getting rid of him, he is on a good wage, and and the question is who's willing to pay. Well, this is it. You know, are Everton really going to go? Yeah, you can go to QPR, Runa. Uh, yeah, we'll agree to pay half your wage while you're not. Pl- I don't know. Everton paying all his wage. True. He must pinch himself every month. You must do. He's thinking, I'm I'm at a club here, one of the top seven clubs in England. I'm picking up a healthy wage. I'm not kicking a ball, I'm just turning up and watching the team and I'm keeping fit. The only thing is as well, and again, I don't know what Ronald's thinking is on Aruna particularly, but with Calvert-Lewin injured and no sign of a second striker coming <laughs> in, does he? Have, does Ronald just think actually, down the pecking order of, of out-and-out forwards at the football club at the minute, you've got Lukaku, Valencia, uh, and then there's probably Aruna, forgive me if I'm missing anybody, I don't think I am. No. So is Ronald just thinking, just imagine... You know, we talk about Ron getting injured, yeah. Valencia getting injured, or something like that. Is do I just keep him? He's out of contract in the summer. When's he out of contract? The summer. summer yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Then I think he'll stay till the summer, and then he'll be off, off on, off your, on your way. I think do, be no, on a different note, no one will look back on it now. And if Kone does go, or well, it looks as if he's up as climbers, do we look at that FA Cup game and thinking? Donald Koeman put them basically in the transfer market. They just put them in the window. They had the players mm-hmm. to buy. Delafe, who came on, yeah. next minute he was sold. Kone come on. So he basically used that as a. Well, he might have done. We spoke about that, didn't we? We spoke about him using it as a a message to the board, but uh, I don't know. Um, Last couple here uh, Rodriguez, McLeany, and Hennan. Last I knew of it, the club had not received any offers for David Hennan, but the reading the lines and the information I was given was that they would now be at least willing to listen. 
that had not been the case earlier and sort of in November time when there was there was talk of Lille or you know nailed on to sign him and it was you know it came back no he's got he's in the middle of a three year deal he's still part of the plans but I think if you look at a couple of things David is not even getting in the squad for the 23s not even getting a look in he played um, he played in the behind closed doors game against Rochdale where a lot of the players on the fringes of that squad played so that was another signal and this week they've signed on loan Anton Donker from Wolfsburg he would play Roughly in the same areas, David. So whether it's this month or it's the summer, all the signs are pointing towards uh, an exit. Big donker, so you've got your scouting report out there. You watched them weekend, week out. I wish. From Ulsberg, second string. Buys him on FIFA. Did he score two goals against Leicester in the Champions League? I think someone quoted it. Was it the youth Champions League? Which made Liverpool. Which may be the reasons would Steve Walsh be involved in that then, if that was the case? We watched him last. Steady on, Clouseau. I'm just trying to put two and two together. No, may well, seriously, may well. I've seen him, yeah. Villa were nailed on to get him. Um, they've like they did a lot of the groundwork, and then they cooled for some reason, and Everton got wind that he was available. And, uh, and obviously, obviously, we look at the Sky Sports news every single day to see what's happening and every and whatnot. No, we, no, we're we're website, no, I mean, turn it off. <laughs> well, on the right hand side, we've got Everton, the two of the biggest signings out of the three. Do we expect Everton to even go any further and have what, another big signing? Greg, would you? Would you expect that, or do you think Luckman, Schneiderlin's your big ones? I think there's only Leicester who've spent. Well, as Phil said, you know, you, you just don't know whether or not they say if the player is a stress, if there's a player out there who they can get, but it's going to cost you. You don't know whether or not Mashiri says, you know, I'm ready to make a statement. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Mm. And, and there could be a really pleasant, uh, pleasant end to the window for Evertonians. I think. After the way the last transfer window ended, it will be lovely yeah. to end this one on a massive high. Yeah, mm. I think I think it, that, that's that's the right phrase. It would be, it would be a really uplifting experience for Evertonians to come out of a deadline day, having, yeah, done some serious headline grabbing business. Mm. But Fad Mashir and Ronald Koeman trying to remove sentiment from this football club, moves away from the idea of thinking with our hearts and not our heads, and so they won't be bullied or rushed or act on emotion on that front if the player is available and it's the right player they'll go and do it if it's not they won't do you think Phil just on a separate issue do you think his targets changed with the form of Everton in January and say the dip in form of the likes of Liverpool and teams above him do you think his targets will have changed what do you mean you think he's now buying to catch them possibly he may look at that Premier League now and think mm. well we're five points behind Man United yeah. six behind City if we win on Tuesday Liverpool get beat on Tuesday and Everton win on Wednesday it's six points beyond Liverpool the, does his yeah. transfer target change then because we played Stoke and it's the last day yeah. the day after isn't it yeah. would you see Ronald Koeman's changing the strategy in that it doesn't strike me and again I feel like I'm, I'm sort of bland answer but he doesn't strike me as the sort of person that's going to panic by and that would strike me as, as overly reactive for Ronald he, he seems like he plans too much for, for to be reacting to a, a run of form and going Oh, I've got to get somebody in. If he's available, yeah. Well, is that a missed opportunity then, Phil? If we're just literally hovering underneath the top six, yeah. But can you say is one player going to make that difference? I don't know. It depends who he is. Yeah, doesn't it? It really does. I, I don't know. Would it be a missed opportunity, Greg? If 
if there's there's a chance there obviously a top six massive chance there's a lot of points to play for outside chance of top four I know but would you say if we don't make that centre forward signing it's a missed opportunity because we may not get who knows we might get this chance again if we just borderline under fourth fifth place is it a missed opportunity if that player is available and the opportunity is missed for a reason that could be avoidable like we said earlier for the sake of a few million or it's missed through having an unclear chain of command when it comes to dealing then I'd, I'd, be, I'd be pretty fed up with that I'd be, you know, I'd say that represents a failure in the window but let's be positive last summer's window ended for me in a qualified failure let's hope that they learn the lessons they've certainly shown albeit belatedly when you know United kind of they took the time Mission Island but they got it done let's mm. give them the credit they got it done and mm. he's had that time to bed in so let's hope that represents you know this mix of retaining the shrewdness but then having a little bit more urgency and a bit more beef about them when it comes to paying up and let's hope that they find I think it's going to come down to as Cumin alluded if that player is available and money can often sometimes make that difference can't it United sorry not United a club might say well, no, they're not available. But then if you make them an offer they can't really refuse, January, summer, whatever, might make all the difference. And like you say, Toe, and we, we spoke about it at length in Monday's podcast, <laughs> there are certainly more things looking possible this season than we ever could have dreamed of when we were getting knocked out of the FA Cup or before that. I'm, I'm not fully signed up to your... Um, I think you were bevied on Monday when no, you talked about the top four. No, it's at all. So By the way, the fifty to one to get the top four. Well, there you go. There's a reason why fifty to one. Well, that's that. And what place were Leicester to win the league again last year? Oh, that's a different gallon of fish. That was oh, at the start of the season. Oh, right. Anyway, either way, you know the difference between seventh, if you like, and fifth is uh, quite a lot of money in, tra- in transfer revenue and guaranteed European football. So my long-winded point is, yeah, let's not regret any missed opportunities. Let's get the deals done if they're there to be done. All I would say is very quickly, I think that yeah, it was a it was a. Um, Terrible decision to go and sign him, but I think last summer's January was it was a hint. Last summer's January. Last, summer's, <laughs> last January's window, sorry, was yeah. was a kind of early window in, window into a change oh, of thinking. Yes. Now I know we went and bought the ass because the fact he spent thirteen and a half million yeah. more than he'd ever spent before into the into a change of approach that the way football's going that January now has to offer it offers opportunities now yeah. because of the money that's that's, that's going around the, uh, the club and football in general. Previously, it was just a waste, a wasted month. But it was almost a month that Evertonians just went, "Well, I'm not nothing, nothing, yeah, for, yeah. nothing to see here." Yeah. Mm. But I think that was the start of the club generally. Just before Farhad came in, of going, we're gonna have to start using it as this. And so far, this January, I think you, you know they have two big signings and hopefully a couple more to come. So, has anyone caught your eye at the African Cup of Nations? Who's, who's you know might have been off the radar, but might have done enough to earn themselves prominent? Don't say Aubameyang. <laughs> so maybe. You know, become on the radar of clubs like Everton. Sadio Mane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't been watching it. it it's, it's not my cup of tea. That I think the standards awful over there. Really is. I just think if Everton are gonna, for me, I went on about it before. I think if you're gonna make a statement and you want that number ten in the centre forward role, I think it's glaring you in the face. That's down the uh, Yeah, it's gotta be. It, it just, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. And don't forget, Cummins went actually on record stating that he does want him. He'd love him at the football club. He said the same about Memphis Depay, and he's currently well, eating I'm mussels and <laughs> baguettes and uh, whatever other French cliches I can think of. Enough of that. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week 
to review the transfer deadline. Let's hope that we've got a spring in our step. And of course, small matter of another Premier League game against Stoke. Can they do it on a wet Wednesday? <laughs> well, in Goodison, really. But either way, it'll be dry and mild. It'll be wet and windy. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for listening.